Hey, it's Will Friedle. And Sabrina Bryan. And we're the hosts of the new podcast, Magical Rewind. You may know us from some of your favorite childhood TV movies like My Date with the President's Daughter. And the Cheetah Girls movies. Together we're sitting down to watch all the movies you grew up with and chat with some of your favorite stars and crew that made these iconic movies happen. So kick back, grab your popcorn, and join us. Listen to Magical Rewind on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Brought to you by State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Hey guys, back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck yeah, and some waves. So we could go surfing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I love that. A redwood forest would be cool. I'm in. Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it. Um, can a girl go shopping? Yeah, baby. Wait. Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. It's time for the Happy Half Hour with your friends Kristen Balboni, Will Bryan, and Darren Gant. Welcome to the Happy Half Hour. I'm back. I, I promise, though, I have plenty of years of football experience. Maybe not 10 in the NFL. I have been to a Super Bowl, but this is Will Bryan back again. I'm replacing Brad Hoover. All of y'all are very upset. It's a younger model. It's a, it's a younger, more athletic Brad Hoover, because I'm hoping Brad's not listening right now and coming up here to pummel me. Uh, but, uh, yeah, Brad filled in for us last week. It, it wasn't quite the same. It was, it was 50% less happy. Uh, more half hour, but less happy without Brad. I mean, I went to a SoCon you. school too. Uh, you know, one of the, you know, it's not Jackson <laughs> County Tech like Brad went to. But uh, I was waiting for all the ways you could describe Western Carolina, and it was cracking me up just yeah. a little bit. Brad, Brad's a good sport. I like Brad a lot. He, uh, he was good to fill in for us last week while you were out on special assignment. I know it was it was a fun special assignment. I'm still trying to recover. From all the soreness of going down the mountain. Now, let me ask you: When you ski, are you just a start at the top of the hill and survive until you get to the bottom, or are you actually a skier? And do you do tricks? No, I'm. It, but I'm now. Unfortunately, I'm now in some weird uh, purgatory of skiing where the the greens that I've been doing are kind of boring. Mm-hmm. They're no longer life threatening like they were two years ago, okay. but the blues still seem overwhelming. Are the blues the middle? Yeah, yeah. And the blues in snowshoe are more like the blues in Colorado than they are at like Sugar and Beach. So there, you look at them and that seems like a lot. So, but I go down the greens and yeah, no, I'm not hanging on for dear life. You know, my my coat's unbuttoned. I'm just right. kind of going back and forth. There you, you know. go. You're yeah. just sort of shushing along. Exactly. Down you're the hill. you're just, you know, you're stopping for pictures. You're you know, every once in a while there'll be some kid that goes into the forest. There's like these little forest things and they just like come out over a jump over like just some little hill and you're like, What what? No. No, I'm not doing that. Yeah, it's probably best. I, I mean, this this body's getting older. These bones oh. don't do those things. Somebody asked me about skiing recently, and and I actually skied when I was at Appalachian State. I did a, a reasonable amount of skiing because it was cheap uh, for students, and you would go a lot. But I quickly realized the price of overconfidence. And when I was not quite a blue, a steady blue skier, I said, 
let's see how bad the black one can be. Yeah. And it was bad. Yeah. I came out of a I came out of a cloud. The snow the wind was blowing so hard one day it was blowing everything that came out of a snow gun back up the hill. Oh my gosh. So I sort of came through a cloud one day and there was a guy stopped in the middle of the hill. And <laughs> Yeah, yep, just, yep. Yeah. can't do anything I mean, about it, that. It was a yard sale. There was yep. stuff all over the place. Yep. And um, the thing I remember the most about that after I kind of came to my senses and I'm laying there on the side of Sugar Mountain, and it's like, what just happened to me? And Appalachian State had a big seven-foot center at the time named Tim Powers, who was from Nebraska. And I remember Tim Powers going over the top on the ski lift and he was like pointing and laughing, and I'm like, "What are you laughing at? You can't even dribble." <laughs> and that's my skiing story. That's fantastic, uh, Darren. There's a a quote unquote big game that happened a couple days ago. Yeah, the football happened. The didn't the, it? the football big game happened. What are your initial thoughts, takeaways? Give me one thing that stood out to you. I mean, the the team that had the best player in the building won. Yeah, you know, Aaron Donald should have been the Super Bowl MVP. Uh, by, you know, I, I mean, Cooper Cup was a nice story all year. He had a great season. He certainly had an impact on that game. But Aaron Donald's the reason the Rams won. And, and all week leading into that game, anytime anybody would ask me, I would say, well, I kind of hope the Bengals win because mm-hmm. Bengals are fun and Joe Burrow is fun and they don't get to enjoy stuff like this all the time. Uh, but the Rams are going to win, aren't they? Because they got all the good players. And that's kind of the way it worked out. I mean, it got to a point where if not for that disgraceful uncalled OPI at the beginning of the first half, the Rams just kind of shut them down on defense. Mm-hmm. There's too much Von Miller, too much Jalen Ramsey, and way, way too much Aaron Donald for that offensive line. Two little bits about the MVP part. You tweeted, and not everyone knows this, the way that gets done are votes from the press box, yep. from the media, that largely get picked up by the two-minute warning, correct? Correct. So and things that happen in the height of the game, the right. climax, the final drive, often aren't factored in, right? Right. And and I distinctly recall, I mean, I remember a couple of things about Super Bowl Thirty Eight. Number one, being asked to vote for the MVP of the Super Bowl was kind of neat for a young reporter at the time. Mm-hmm. I mean, that was 2003, so I was still... God, I was still in my 20s. Uh, and I remember distinctly Lee Rimmel, the former Packers PR director who had the voice of God. When Lee Rimmel would introduce things in the press box, he would say, Brett Favre, touchdown. You know, he just had that mm-hmm. big, baso profundo voice that was fantastic to hear. And Lee Rimmel called me on the phone one day and he said, Darren, this is Lee Rimmel. I know who this is. <laughs> yes, of course. Um, but – when they asked you to vote, they do want them by the two-minute warning because they want to be able to present while confetti's still falling yeah. and all that fun stuff, which is a logistical nightmare. And I remember in Super Bowl thirty-eight, I handed him a ballot, and I had written on it, Tom Brady, if New England wins, Jake DeLome, if Carolina wins. Mm-hmm. I mean, because the game was going back and forth, and it was going to be one of those two guys at that point. But you—, you you know, you're just in that spot. I, I believe that they are able to harvest some of those votes electronically now, which speeds it up a little. Yeah. But they still try to get this thing in before the gun. And that's, you know, tough because, you know, the pressure Aaron Donald put on late when mm-hmm. the Bengals had that last chance, that decided the, that the game. The run stop, the sack. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. 
And, and another part of this, I'll ask: Do you think was there any? You know, I mean, no one, no one wants to admit it, but do you think there is any kind of mindful influence of the fact that maybe people felt like Cooper Cup got screwed out of MVP for the league year? You know, because he's a wide receiver, because of you know all, all that conversation coming out of NFL honors, and then you know, let's give it a Cooper. Possibly, I guess, maybe. Uh, it's kind of hard to tell on a lot of that stuff because without knowing who's doing the voting, I mean, it's usually a cast of characters doing the voting who is who have been around, who cover the teams involved, and or you know the longtime national writers who you know, aren't as easily swayed on some of that stuff. I mean, there's no shame in Cooper Cup. I mean, if you look back, I mean, he's a perfectly deserving recipient. I just wouldn't have voted for him. I would have gone the other direction and voted for Aaron Donald. I I think, by and large, defensive players get jammed out of a lot of those things anyway. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's hard, but he was the guy. I mean, and it's he's the one everything's built around. Everything is going to... You know, the parts for the Rams in the future, you know, who knows what Von Miller's future in L.A. is, how long he's going to be there. Who knows how long Odell Beckham, if he's ever going to show up there again after the unfortunate knee injury and he's going to be a free agent. You know, who knows all these corollary parts, but Matt Stafford's going to be there and Aaron Donald's going to be there. Yeah. And I think when you're putting together a defense, as long as you got Aaron Donald in the middle of it, you got to have you got a chance to be really, really good because mm-hmm. that guy is is crazy talented he's a matchup nightmare especially for a Bengals offensive line that can't block anybody anyway yeah I mean they only gave up seven sacks in the Super Bowl which is a lot by any measure but it's two fewer than they gave up against Tennessee (laughs) earlier in the playoffs so (laughs) God bless Joe Burrow for surviving I hope he's I hope he's in the cold tub and then the hot tub and just relaxing probably with a cigar somewhere so speaking of Los Angeles speaking of the Super Bowl you yourself we're out there for something entirely different mm. and much more important, honestly. And <laughs> for for those here in the Carolinas, yeah. on Thursday night, Sam Mills selected to the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Yeah, that was pretty neat. And uh, it, it was quite a moment. And you could tell uh, we had the opportunity while we were out there uh, to visit with his widow, Melanie Mills, his son, Sam Mills III, longtime Panthers assistant coach. And, and you could tell – they had been in this process for a long time, and they had never, you know, I've known people, you know, from being involved in the voting process for over 10 years. You you know people get frustrated at times and wonder, why not me, and this has taken too long. They never really expressed the frustration. So, I mean, it was just an overwhelming sense of gratitude from them that a guy whose legacy means so much to so many people was finally being recognized. And... The, the family's fantastic. They're so humble. They're so gracious. They're so, you know, overwhelmed by the reaction. And, you know, it, it was kind of interesting when you get, usually, this is a room full of large people. And especially this year, I love, as somebody who voted on it, I love this year's class because it's not full of quarterbacks and it's not full of fantasy football guys. It's an offensive lineman in Tony Baselli who was the great left tackle of his generation, mm-hmm. you know, who didn't get to play as long as other people did or would have wanted to because a, sh- a surgeon jacked up his shoulder, made a mistake during a surgery, kept him from ever being the same guy again, um, but was the dominant player. And then you come back with all defense, mm-hmm. with Sam Mills, with Bryant Young, a, a defensive tackle who was kind of – 
not necessarily the Aaron Donald of his generation, but had a similar kind of impact. You yeah. can build a defense around that guy, and the 49ers did. Leroy Butler, the great Packers safety, who invented the Lambeau Leap. Mm-hmm. Um, Richard Seymour, who played every position along the defensive line for those Belichick defenses in New England before he was traded to Oakland. I mean, he's just, just a phenomenal class of guys who made impacts in ways that's hard to count. I mean, as a Hall of Fame I, I think they get hung up sometimes on on pass rushers because sacks are easy to count. Mm-hmm. You know, quarterbacks, big touchdown numbers, big res- uh, passing yard numbers are easy to count. Receivers are a little bit of a quagmire right now because there are guys hung up in line because it's hard to separate between, you know, three guys who one's got more in this category, one's got more in this category. But the class as a whole, I mean, it kind of – it's full of character guys and grind guys. I mean, Tony Baselli burned brightly for a while, but the rest of these guys had long careers and were excellent over the long haul, and, and that was Sam Mills. I mean, I could, and you know because you've heard most of it, but I could jump up on this table and talk about Sam Mills for hours and hours. I mean, it's just, to me, the story of Sam Mills, I think, overshadows sometimes how great he was at football. Mm-hmm. I mean, let's just start at the top. A five foot nine shop teacher from New Jersey who was a 27 year old NFL rookie is not supposed to go to a place in New Orleans where they've never ever won and create one of the great defenses in the NFL in his era at that time. And then at 36, he's especially not supposed to come to an expansion team and create one of the top defenses in the NFL right off the bat and go to the NFC Championship game in their second year. And all these things that were never supposed to happen kept happening around Sam Mills. And when it happens for 15 years, when you include the three seasons in the USFL where they created a thing out of whole cloth and he was the best defensive player in a league that included Reggie White, All these things kept happening around Sam Mills, and after 15 years, you realize it's because Sam Mills. Yeah. And so that's why it was it was gratifying for me to be a small part of it, to you know be there to see that family enjoy that moment. Because when Melanie is surrounded by all these giant people on stage, it's like, okay, who is a small person? But from talking to those guys behind the scenes, talking to her and Sam. After the fact, I mean, the, those guys in the class, Young and Seymour and all of them and Baselli, they really embraced her. Mm-hmm. And they talked about what Sam meant to the game, to her and Sam. And they were just, the emotion was clear. And talking to them after the fact, just being embraced by those guys really made a huge difference for the family. And, and you got to, you know, as you said, you got to speak to Sam the Third and yeah. Melanie um, the, the next day. And let's take a quick listen to just some of the emotions in their voice and, and some of the things they had to say about that night. We're in Los Angeles with a, a crowd that could maybe use a little more sleep, but a very happy and proud family. Welcome to the Mills family. Melanie Mills, Sam Mills III, thanks for taking a, a minute to join us. Just tell me what the last 24 hours have been like hearing the words Hall of Famer Sam Mills. Absolutely. Well, it's been phenomenal for our family to experience this great accolade for our beloved Sam. Great to see the game acknowledge him and for all he's put into it. Um, he loved this game and it's good to see the game give back to him and him be with that elite class now. 
When you hear the other players talk about him, what, what are the messages you're hearing from the other guys in the hall, you know, kind of his peers now? Uh, when, they, when they talk about him, they talk a lot about his leadership and his toughness. And then when they talk about the hall, they're talking about a brotherhood, you know, a fellowship that they're going to have that's going to last forever. And you'll add some more guys, but it's a very, you know, unique and elite group. The reaction back in Charlotte's been phenomenal. I mean, he touched so many people across the Carolinas. When you realize that impact he had in Charlotte, what does it make you think of now? Well, we were there from the beginning to see the team advance this far, to, to see that the fans still love Sam, that that statue is still there, that we can go visit him when we miss him. Uh, it's great, and I look forward to experiencing in their happiness as well. If you had to just pick one word or one memory, what stands out to you the most about Sam? That's a tough one, but honorable. Yeah, I'd go, I'd go with that. And uh, um, I also think, you know, Panther Nation and the Carolinas, both the Carolinas, I think the keep pounding mantra, it, you know, it really embodies the spirit of him. And um, it, the town is taking it on, and they believe in it, and it's in their blood. And so are you people. They, your family is in an, a lot of hearts across the Carolinas, and a lot of people are very happy for you this week. And they're in our hearts as well. That video is, is on Panthers.com. You wrote you know, the story kind of about uh, the way that they described it. One of the things that I think I took out of it was that Sam Third, his first thing when she came back to sit down was that video, where's the Panthers stuff? Right. You know? You know, and... and- God bless him. I mean, NFL Network's trying to put together a show, and how do you encapsulate a Hall of Fame career in 15 seconds of video clips? And I think probably because Ricky Jackson, his old Saints teammate, was the one um, introducing him, and because Sam played nine years in um, New Orleans before he played three years here and then another six coaching, um, I think it was kind of, it just kind of got lost, and I'm sure some junior staffer at NFL Network was just throwing together highlights, and it's like, this looks good, this looks good, boom, 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 and that's it. Mm-hmm. It's 15 seconds of video, but it was all Saints highlights. Yep. And there were a lot of people in that room who were like, wait, something's missing. And Sam the Third was he, – he was so funny about that. He is um, – you know, obviously they're very protective over their father's legacy. Uh, the New Orleans era meant a lot to them. Uh, but you could tell. I mean, Charlotte's got a special place in their heart. And, uh, and Sam was an assistant here. You know, yeah. He was on staff here for so long. Right. And, and Sam, you know, it's always awkward when someone is someplace for a long time and then he isn't. But Sam just kind of, he was like, listen, I get it. There's no hard feelings. I was part of a staff that was here for a long time. Staffs change. Mm-hmm. When head coaches leave, their assistants leave. Yeah. And, and so he gets it and they understand it. But they've still got a lot of ties to this area. And, and they are always going to be tied to this area, I think, for a lot of reasons. But it uh, it was a neat deal, and, and Sam kind of laughed, but he was like, where are the Panthers' highlights? And, <laughs> you know, I, I know, and I've already heard from some fans, one of the things I wrote Thursday night right after the announcement was, really, for the Panthers, this is kind of the first of ours, mm-hmm. so to speak. I mean, one of us is finally in the Hall of Fame. You know, there were guys who've passed through. Kevin Green played three seasons here. Uh, but he also played seven for the Rams and three for the Steelers and a season for the 49ers and was kind of all over the map. And Bill Polian was here and put together that first team, but he was also the, the guy Bills. who drafted Peyton Manning and put yeah. the Bills together. Um, Mike McCormick, the very first team president, was a Hall of Famer when he was hired. So there have been guys, you know, Donnie Shell worked here in a support role, but Donnie Shell's a Steelers guy. Mm-hmm. So 
there there wasn't really a Panthers guy, and a lot of and a lot of Saints fans are like, "Well, no, you know what are you want Listen, y'all. There's <laughs> listen, y'all. There, there's enough of Sam Mills for us to share. Mm-hmm. And, and I thought Jim Porter, the Hall president, said it best. He was like, "Listen, somebody with a heart as big as Sam Mills, there's enough of that to go around." Yeah. And I think Saints fans can celebrate it. I think Panthers fans can, should, and will celebrate it. And it's going to be really cool. It's going to be a neat five months leading up to August. Yeah, so some of the details about that, I think I saw on NFL.com, is it August 5th, 6th is yeah, around the there? first weekend in August is going to be the enshrinement. There will mm-hmm. be an announcement later on Hall of Fame game, which teams are involved. Don't know any of the details on that yet. But it's going to be a, it's going to be a cool deal. There's not, you know, Sam not being there takes away some of – Kind of, there's not that speech, and so many yeah. of those Hall of Fame speeches become legendary. And God, could you imagine what Sam Mills would say if he was on that stage? Mm-hmm. I mean, this guy, you know, created this emotional wave for an entire football team, which became a mantra for an entire city and an entire region before a football game. Could you imagine what he would say as he was going into the Hall of Fame? I think it would be fantastic for football for the Hall. Um, but I think the words he left behind and and the family and what they'll be able to put together to kind of honor his memory is going to be super neat. And as they put together their stories, we wanted to kind of prime the pump a little bit. We've already received just off Twitter, on the, on the website, things that you've heard already, you know, fans around this region, fans that have right. been here for a while, you know, the stories they have that personally touch them about Sam and as we get going into the spring, that's something we're going to try to build around from your perspective, you, the listener. Right. We want you to think of your stories. You know, what what moment did you have at a driving range that, you know, Sam rolls up and asks for some help on his slice? You know, the, we've already heard that. You know, like what are the things that you had with Sam Mills that impacted you? You know, maybe just something about Keep Pounding that impacted the way that you saw your life, your future, your connection to this community. That's something we're going to be working on for Panthers.com. Obviously, you'll uh, stay tuned to that. Darren's Twitter. Um, we'll be putting that out further this spring. But, we, yeah, we just want your your stories, your feedback of, you know, how did this man impact your life? And, and I imagine we're going to get a good response to that because yeah. – he is a guy who did touch so many people, um, you know, just in the stuff, in writing the stories leading up to it, uh, going into the selection meeting, which was in mid-January, I wrote a piece and talked to Steve Smith and Dan Morgan and Thomas Davis and, you know, several other guys, Luke Keekley, um, talking to Brett Maxey last week. I mean, just the people who were near him, it's hard for them to describe sometimes exactly what Sam meant because it was he was so central to everything that was happening here. And listening to Steve Smith talk about how Sam's words impacted him, not only as a football player, but as a father. Listening to Brett Maxey tell stories, and, you know, Brett and I were able to laugh last week. I mean, I remember him telling the story at Sam's memorial service, which was here in Charlotte, Um you know, kind of laughing because Sam was a good sport. And when Sam retired, he said, I don't know if I want to coach. I think I'm going to get into insurance. And Brett was like, yeah, you look like an insurance agent with your little glasses and your little sweater. And, you know, everything was kind of teasing him. But Sam was a fantastic sport. But just in talking to Brett, I mean, he, he told me, he was like, I don't know what it's going to feel like. I can't imagine what it's going to be like to hear those words, you know, and to – 
for him to get that recognition. I mean, it means so much to all the people he touched for so long. Yeah, man, tough to go move away from that at this point. But yeah, anyway, we're wrapping you, up the happy but, half hour. And, and yeah. that's Will's way of saying Darren's got a lot more Darren, material. Darren's going to be talking about this for a while. Up, yeah, so, I mean, we're we're we it's going to be, be the happy hour and a half. Honestly, <laughs> the uh, our programming schedule for for those of you you know checking your calendars, we're looking ahead. We've got the combine coming up in a couple weeks. After that, we'll probably we'll have another podcast here to kind of wrap up. Darren, you will be in Indianapolis. Hopefully, some really great insider info with General Manager Scott Fitterer up there. Yeah, we'll we'll see. Those guys will be up there. Uh, you know, unlike the Senior Bowl where we came back from the other week. I mean. Uh, that was primarily a scouting opportunity. Combine's the place where coaching staffs get a little more involved, and those guys get a chance to meet face-to-face with a lot of these prospects, and, and that's a big part of it. I mean, we get hung up on the televised portion of the Combine and 40-yard dashes and drills and how this guy's throwing and all that kind of stuff. Um, that's all well and good, but most of the guts of it is the the medical test, mm-hmm. meeting these guys, talking to them, getting to know them, and, and – We'll have plenty of content uh, yeah. from the Combine on Panthers.com, so stay tuned for all of that. And that is also kind of the kickoff to the free agent season. Yep. And as you know, there's a lot of stuff going on here. The Panthers got a lot of dudes about to hit that market, whether it's Dante Jackson, Stephon Gilmore, Hassan Reddick, a lot of, a lot of questions to answer in the next couple of weeks, and uh, we'll be all over it. Darren, finally, for those that follow you on Twitter, uh, they know that the Darren Gant Twitter account can range uh, <laughs> almost almost drastically at times into, you know, I enjoy it because I get to kind of hear it and see it every day. For those that maybe aren't around, you Darren, it can, it. I, I do, I live it. You know, they're not exactly sure where some of these tweets come from. Yeah. Darren, uh, just to kind of give a shout out to what else is happening in this building, in the next couple of weeks, we're going to be kicking off a MLS franchise here. Are you going to be tweeting about soccer? I am, Do you have thoughts? I, I have thoughts about soccer. Um, yeah, I have thoughts about soccer. I'm curious to see it. I, I can't wait to see the reaction. And and one of the things that I think is going to be neat for me, um, having been around Charlotte for a couple of expansion teams now, whether it was the Hornets, whether it was the Panthers, seeing the reaction in the late 80s to the Hornets teams, uh, which – and those teams were bad right off the bat, but mm-hmm. people loved them anyway. And I remember being a part of 23,000 people screaming their lungs out on Tyvola Road, uh, being here in 95 and going down to Clemson and seeing games down there and people who didn't really know how to respond to the NFL just wrap their arms around it. I think it's going to be a fantastic environment. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, I I think it's going to be neat seeing this thing put together. I think a lot of people in Charlotte, really, I I think the soccer community is probably a lot more familiar with international, Mm -hmm. you know, soccer World Cups and the English League, that kind of thing, as opposed to the MLS. But I think as this marketplace grows, my suspicion is there is going to be that core of grassroots support that's just going to be all over this thing, win, lose, or draw. And draw is a thing. Remember, draw is a thing. Draw is allowed, and sometimes positive. So yeah, you get a point for a draw. You get a point for that. So it, the, uh, it's going to be neat. Yeah, I'm that crowd down in Charleston last week for their first uh, exhibition, I, the Carolina Cup, I think it's called. I mean, in, incredible group that went down there. 
you know, I, I am looking forward to kind of just the energy. There's a diversity about it, you know, right. young, old, black, white, Hispanic. Um, I, I think that's going to bring a really great vibe into the stadium. Right. And you know my rule, whether it's a concert, whether it's a ball game, whatever it is, if you've got 30, 40, 50, 60, 70,000 people in a building to see the same thing, that's going to be pretty cool, mm-hmm. probably, because there's an energy in the collective that you you just can't replicate watching something on TV. So I think it's going to be fantastic. I'm looking forward to being here. Go to charlottefootballclub.com to get all the information on tickets, schedule, all that good stuff. Thanks, Darren. It's been a great mm-hmm. podcast. Thanks for letting me come back. I was worried there for a second. Absolutely. We, you know, we like Brad. We appreciate Brad. Uh, but you're too central. Happy half hour. Thanks. We'll wait till Jonathan Stewart kicks me off in another month. Hey guys, back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck yeah! And some waves. So we could go surfing. I love that. A redwood forest would be cool. Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it. Um, tenor girl go shopping. Yeah, baby. Wait. Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. Get in zone, AutoZone. Welcome to AutoZone. What are you working on today? Ah, thinking about gas mileage. You know, changing your oil with a full synthetic oil like Castrol Edge can help your engine get more miles. Right now, you can get five quarts with an STP Extended Life oil filter for only $36.99. Get started on your next job today with the parts you need when you need them at AutoZone or AutoZone.com. Get in the zone, AutoZone. Restrictions apply.